Hello and welcome to our pilot episode of Colombian Influence. Woo! Today in our pilot episode, we're just gonna go through some basics, answer some questions that we've received, and then give you guys a background to each of us. Uh, we each have, you know, a lot of, you know, followers and interested people that don't necessarily know the other person. So we'll try to give as much detail about that, how we kind of got this started and go from there. Uh, so Erica, do you want to start uh, telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So as Risa mentioned, my name is Erica. I am 25 years old. I recently just bought a home with my boyfriend and I live very close to where I grew up. So parents are still really close, which is super nice. Um, in my free time, I like to play volleyball. And at this point in my life, I am working on a lot of home improvement projects. So that's <laughs> taken up a lot of my free time, but it's enjoyable to see the progress. Uh, I was adopted when I was three months old. I was born in May and I was adopted late July. And I've lived in Minnesota my entire life. So I went back to Columbia, I'd say about six years ago now. And I mainly went back to see my birth mom and meet her. But I also wanted to kind of get the feel of the culture, um, the city of Bogota, just seeing where I was from. So that was a really cool experience. But again, we'll dive more into that on a different episode. Mm -hmm. But at this point, just getting to know me, that's a little bit of my background. What about you, Risa? My name is Risa. 27 years old. Um, I live in a studio apartment in St. Paul. Uh, I love my neighborhood. I live in the coolest place ever. Uh, my parents also live in St. Paul, so I infiltrate their home regularly, demand dinner, or hijack their home for parties when they're out of town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my apartment, I know a lot of you know, it's teeny tiny, but I love it. It's, you know, five steps from bed to fridge. It's really got me living my best life, so that's pretty great. Um, uh, I was, uh, adopted at about three months old as well, a few years earlier than Erica. Uh, I have not actually been back to Columbia or met my bio family or attempted to. Um, so that's kind of my background with that. And then in my free time, generally devoted to cooking, hanging out with friends, a lot of me time and all things Disney. So of our background with kind of where we came from. Uh, we do work in the same place and that's kind of how this whole thing got started. So Erica, if you want to dive into the story of how we met, take it away. So it was about our second day working together. I train everybody at my job. So we were just going through the basic products and I just tend to get to know people, make small talk so it's not awkward. <laughs> and so we work in a travel agency. And so I asked Risa, oh, uh, have you ever traveled outside of the country? And she immediately said, oh, I was born outside of the country. And I kind of gave her this look, a little <laughs> puzzled, but intrigued, like, oh, where were you born? And she was like, I was adopted from Bogota, Colombia. And I immediately, again, just looked at her like, what the <laughs> heck? Me too. What orphanage were you from? And at that point, we both kind of had this blank stare because we could not remember yep. the name. We couldn't. And so... What do you always do when you can't remember something? You ask your mom because yep. moms know everything. <laughs> That's your lifeline. Yes. So we texted our moms and mine happened to text back right away. And she just said the orphanage name was Ayudame. And right at that point, we both were like, oh, duh. That's, of course, the name. We knew right away. As soon as we heard it, that's, that's exactly where it was from. But also at the same time, it was like, it wasn't as much of the 
oh yeah cool it was like what is happening yeah. like we that was quite a day i i vividly remember that moment at our desks and just talking about that and just being stunned i've never had this big of a coincidence in my entire life and it wasn't like awkward but it was kind of awkward because it was so well we didn't know each other very well yeah, at that point at all. so it was like okay we're acquaintances but guess what you're from the same place like, yeah from the same place, from the same orphanage, so yes. like everything. Yeah. It was crazy. And for all we know, I mean, there's a couple cribs there. We could have been in the exact same crib. Exactly. Fortunately, we're not sisters. We're kind of upset. It's torn, yeah. us, torn us apart a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we did the 23 and Me, and it just <laughs> gave up all our hopes that we had. <laughs> and we realized that we actually have quite different results, but... We'll go into the details uh, at a later date. Um, obviously, with that kind of common bond that we have. That's kind of where this came from. Uh, we've been working together almost two years now, which seems crazy. That went so fast. I know. So we have that in common. And recently we just kind of decided, hey, we should do something with this. And I think, you know, we kind of just decided a podcast uh, might be a good, you know, route to go with that. There's not a whole lot of resources on our side of things. Uh, I'm not sure how much people know that if they're not an adoptee. I don't think people look for that all that no. often. Like, let's hear the story of this. You know, it's not really a hot topic right now. Uh, so we wanted to kind of create a new resource, you know, based on being adopted. Um, and just to kind of preface, with this being the pilot, we want to kind of go over our hopes, our fears... Uh, our goals and everything, uh, one of which I always just kind of want to make a disclaimer. This is not based on fact. It is based on our personal stories, our personal feelings. You know, we'll share statistics here and there, but as far as the, I don't know, any of the emotional background or anything, it will be based on what Erica and I have felt and gone through and dealt with and all that. Because it is so personal, I think that brings a little bit of fear out of us mm -hmm. just because adoption for me is something that I kind of kept hidden. I didn't really express much on it. I just was proud to be adopted and that's kind of where it ended. Right. But that also brings out the excitement for me personally because I wanted to be the outlet for somebody who was scared to express it, scared to talk about adoption and kind of what they've gone through. So it's just exciting to be able to reach out to somebody through this podcast as just another outlook on mm -hmm. kind of my, my personal story. Everyone is so different. And even though we became who we are from the exact same spot, exact same orphanage, our lives turned out completely different. And we right. have extremely different views on a lot of things regarding adoption. Right. We'll go into the details of our, like our family dynamics at a later date. That, of course, is something that a lot of adopted people can have in common that might have an impact on, you know, how they grew up and how they came to be as, you know, adults and everything. So uh, that's another, you know, really good thing to mention. Um, for me, personally, as far as like any fears, uh, I suppose, like what Erica said, it is a very personal element of who I am and like like you I'm very proud to be adopted I would say like I really I've always been very proud of being Colombian even though mm -hmm. it doesn't it kind of feels weird saying that sometimes I don't know if you have the same feeling but 
you know, it is an element of myself that I, that I like, that I can celebrate and all that. So it's definitely a topic that I think deserves more attention, both in the world as well as in our personal lives. So I know we're really excited. That is a fear, but at the same time, I think the, the fact that we could potentially help someone else who doesn't talk about it, mm-hmm. give them the, like you said, a different like outlet and everything, giving them that option, giving them another resource, you know, to kind of talk about this, this kind of thing in a more, I don't want to say casual, but in a more, uh, open environment. Almost. Yes. Yes, exactly. In a very like open, like this is a factor of who we are. You know, it's Don't as simple ashamed. as that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's just not talked about. So that's definitely something that we are trying to, you know, that we really want to have as one of our biggest goals is getting this to be part of the conversation. Uh, besides that, I suppose, um, initially momentum was a fear of mine just because, you know, these kind of passion projects can have a really you know, big flame to start mm-hmm. with and then kind of fizzle out. Now that we've gotten started and got some questions even before we started, uh, I think we're kind of both realizing that there's a lot to be talked about that we want to talk about. So losing momentum is a little bit less of a fear of mine, but of course that's kind of with, with any kind of project. So there's sure. that. So any questions that you guys have, you know, to keep us going and to keep us talking and like to keep these conversations flowing is greatly appreciated. So for this podcast, again, it's just kind of meeting us, getting to know us a little bit. We did have some questions already from people who we know, and we're just going to kind of jump right into those. So the first question we got was, how does citizenship work? And for both of us, we have dual citizenships. I think for my story anyway, the paperwork was something that had to be done right away. So, of course, my parents did that as soon as we got back to the States. But for me, they wanted um, kind of me to remember this important part of my life. So they waited till I was four years old to do the court portion and kind of finalize my citizenship. The funny part is, at that age, I really don't remember anything except... Just holding an American flag and having the attention all about me, which I loved. So what's so funny about that? Because like Erica said, we both have dual citizenship. Um, I learned recently, like basically with how that works is it would need to be renounced for us to only have citizenship in the U.S., which when you Google search it, you can only find out how to renounce your citizenship in the U.S. So I was like, this isn't helpful. But (laughs) um, yeah, so we both have the dual citizenship. What's funny is that when you mentioned that you were four at the time with the American flag, I just recently, I just like thought of this. There's a picture of me. My sister had a fancy dress that my parents bought in Bogota, I believe, when they were there. I was in this like cute little white dress that may have been probably was from Bogota, but we have pictures of all of our like of our like immediate family in fancy clothes, and I'm pretty sure I'm holding an American flag, <laughs> a little small one. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, do we get party favors? Yeah, <laughs> like is that something that happens with citizenship? If so, I'm about it. But <laughs> I also got a letter from Bill Clinton. What? Yeah. I didn't get a letter. Oh, late. Oh, my God. <laughs> this could have been 
far more interesting. <laughs> Whatever. Oh my gosh. At least you got the flag. I did get you the got flag. One apart. I'll have to find those pictures and post some of them because that those are, you know, those are yeah. prominent times in our lives, and you know, it's I I don't know about you. I've thought about that in the past. My citizenship. I vividly remember back in like third grade when they were like, write an essay about if you were president. And they're like, and I knew, I think at that time, if you're not born in the United States, you can't <laughs> you be, be president. Yes, you couldn't be president. And I was like, I can't write this. <laughs> I was like, I can't write this essay. And they're like, well, imagine if you could. I'm like, but I can't. Like, don't say that I can, but I can't. Yes. But I vividly remember that and just like, but at the same time, it's like, we didn't have to really do anything besides being legally brought here by our right, parents. exactly. You know, so it's a very... I don't know. There's that's like kind of a cool different element that, you know, we kind of have going on with that. Another question that we got uh was how did you find out you were adopted? And I think that's a really interesting question because to me it's always phrased the same way, mm-hmm. which I never found out. It wasn't like I found this file and I was just, what? Like this is crazy. You know, that it wasn't this moment. Yeah, it wasn't a mystery. It was mm-hmm. always Integrated. Yeah. It was For always me, in our lives. it was always either a topic of conversation, the fact that um, mostly I think when I was really young was the fact that I was Colombian, that my parents like went and got me in Bogota and and all of that. It wasn't like a, we need to sit you down and tell you something, which right. I mean, we did learn recently that like 99% of adoptees, they do know that they've been adopted, which... Thank goodness. I can't imagine being one of those people imagine. that would either find out or been told like later in life. That's crazy to me. For me, it was always integrated. Uh, one thing I always think about is my second birthday video. Um, and, you know, it's mentioned there. And I was too. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. understand that. But it was like, I do not remember a time when I didn't know. Exactly. And mine was the exact same. I went to camps uh, called La Semana that was a whole week-long camp for people who were adopted. And it was just integrated pretty much my entire life. And I'm just very grateful that it was that way. Right. I can't really imagine it another way. Parents have a massive photo album of their time in Colombia. Like, just this massive binder. And occasionally when I was a kid, I would ask my mom. She would kind of like kind of almost like read it to me like a story yeah and point at pictures and just be like oh this is when this happened this is when this happened this was the room we stayed in yeah yeah and they were just like I love those pictures of like me and my parents like be kind of part of like you know bedtime stories or something like that it's like hey part of your bedtime stories is how we started as a family and then of course with the friends that I have now uh you know, they all know this about me and everything. And I do get a lot of uh, people asking me about it. But I don't know. Do you have do you have any friends that are like feel one way or differently about it, I suppose? Honestly, again, I just kind of have kept adoption as like a very basic subject. I don't go in much detail of how mm. it's affected me or kind of my story. Um, but I think my friends are very open to adoption. They have an open mind with it. They support me. They're excited. Especially when I met my birth mom, they were all just like, that's a huge chapter of your life. Right. You know, very exciting. But other than that, I haven't really gone into detail with anyone. 
See, that's really interesting to me. Uh, I think a lot more of my friends are actually more inclined to adopt. Hmm. And I, I don't know. I'm not sure that it's like due to the fact that well, millennials or something, you know, basically at this point, um, I read today, millennials are having children at the slowest rate of any generation in American history. So like birth rates among women in their 20s dropped by 15% from 2007 to 2012. And then in 2016, it went even lower. So really? I, yeah. So it's, you know, it's not just a headline, you know, it's like, it is a specific topic. And personally, from what I know, with the friends that have been more inclined to adopt, partially because of me, I think, millennials are thinking about the environmental impact of, you know, and wanting to take care of the kids out there that don't have a home. Which are so many. There's a lot. Yeah. The friends of mine that have thought about adopting, they realize that I could be a potential resource to their child as far as that connection. But it is something that people would have to connect on on their own. And that's, that, like I said, it can be a little intimidating. Uh, I guess personally for you, are you more or less inclined to adopt? Are you more or less inclined to have kids, period? Are you more or less inclined to have a you know biological child? What's your kind of take on that? I think I'm kind of mixed between both. I would want to try to have a biological kid on my own, um, kind of start with that process, seeing if that was even something I was able to do. And if so, you know, we'd go that route. Mm-hmm. If we were unable to have another baby or if that route didn't work, we would definitely consider adoption. I think it's a hard thing to cope with me personally because I know what it's like to be an adoptee Mm -hmm. and so kind of the struggles I've gone through are different things that has been tough for myself be hard for me to see for my kid but at the same time I think having your mother who is also adopted would just kind of bring it all together and make them feel less like an outsider but regardless I think the biggest thing for me is just have a family I'm excited Mm -hmm. to be a mom I think I'm Really excited for when that time comes. It may not be at this exact moment, but what's meant meant for my life will come when it's supposed to. So that's kind of my outlook on it. What about you? Me, it's kind of, I don't want to say the opposite because it's not like I hate children, but it is like, I don't have really any obvious instinct to be like, I want to have a biological child of my own. And... I think there is this instinct in me as to not necessarily motherhood or whatever. It's more so the instinct to adopt and to help another human being and to to have that connection. I think for me, I am more so like, this is the kind of challenge I want or this is the kind of path that I want is helping a child, being their, you know, mother in, you know, this adoptive sense and being that connection that they have, it's not first like being a mom, however it happens. You know, I think for me, that's kind of just like, that's just kind of where I'm at. The way that you mentioned starting your family in a non-traditional way, I think that brings us to our next big topic, which is our biggest pet peeves. For me, I think the biggest question and the biggest thing that I get all the time is, oh, are those your real parents or is that your real mom and dad? And I don't 
get upset that they said that. Just more because most people don't know how to ask mm-hmm. it correctly. And so I don't really go into much detail with them. More it's just like, yeah, those are my parents. Mm-hmm. Keep it short and simple. But I think your biggest pet peeve with it is kind of the same, but more... It's the same kind of thing with like terminology. Mm-hmm. It's like, because I mean, for me, it is the real parents thing. And that's always been a thing for me for yeah. pretty much my entire life where people ask that. And I've always taken it as an opportunity to educate people to be like, just so you know, it is, it is biological. My parents are the people that raised me and those are my parents. Those are the people that you've met. Period. No questions asked. Yep. I've, I think, grown older with people asking like what my outlook or intentions are with or without having a family like you said you you know you are kind of on the mode of you know possibly a traditional sense you're open and you know happy with anything for me it's like that's how I could see a family starting for me personally like if there was children involved and I think what drives me crazy is any like anybody saying well I would adopt but I'd also want my own children. Mm. Mm-hmm. To me, that's worse than real mom, real dad, because it's, to me, all this proves is that you want a child to be a carbon copy of yourself. And I, I don't know. I don't know why people are that into themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where it's like, yeah, okay, well, I want them to look like me. It's like, okay, you know, and are, are you going to name them after yourself too? But to me, I think it just kind of affirms the fact that adoptive parents have a much broader sense of empathy, compassion, and like selfless selflessness. And like honestly, with with an ex of mine, you know, we kind of partially broke up because he continue continuously used this phrase, and I found it really disrespectful because I do really think it is an evident point of of compassion and all of that and just being having the ability and want to help other people. So kind of looping back to the family aspect and everything, just with how this could affect, you know, future children that we may have or whatever. uh, Do you personally feel like, for instance, on the health side of things, Do you have any physical health kind of things that you know about with your adoption or with your birth family at all? What's interesting is I have met my birth mom and even meeting her, all of my health history is still unknown because her parents ended up leaving her at age three. So she also doesn't know. What? Yeah. And so I thought maybe I would have more answers by going back, but a lot of it was still kind of a question. Interesting. Yeah, it was super weird. So most of my, you know, health-wise, I don't know, it's all unknown. And when you go to the doctor, it's kind of that question, oh, has this, you know, happened in your family or is this... But we get to skip that entire portion of the questionnaire. True. <laughs> it's That's time-consuming. <laughs> yeah. Put, I'm adopted, sorry. <laughs> that's literally like what I put. I'm like, I'm adopted. <laughs> that's it. Disclaimer. So I don't think any physical things really stuck out to me, but I know for you, you Mm -hmm. have had things that could tie back to your mom or your dad. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, because 
I mean, now that you've kind of said that, I'm like, well, not that meeting my birth parents would give me an answer. I just, I think, happen to have hereditary, I don't want to say illnesses, you know, it's like, but like conditions, I suppose. Mm -hmm. What's funny though, is that like, for instance, me having migraines, that is hereditary, but it's so common that my adoptive mom and sister have them. And my dad, honestly, my entire family. Really? Yes. And it's like, hmm, (laughs) this is questionable, but it's still like, there's that element, which of course migraines are common. So say you have like, are there any mental health kind of issues that you've grown up with, with adolescents or now even, you know, depending on what you're open to share, but is that something that you feel like you've been affected by? For sure. I think it's funny because when I was younger, I actually went through mental health issues pretty badly as a teenager. I never really wanted help and I just kind of kept it on the down low. I just kind of hit it behind everything. Which I think is kind of common just when we grew up. I sure. did the same thing. You know, it wasn't talked about then. If we oh, not as at all. now, I think it would be different. Oh yeah, it's a huge topic now. Mm-hmm. And the awareness of it is amazing. I, I'm so glad that it's become such a big thing. But back then, it was mm-hmm. so kind of frowned upon almost. Well, yeah, it was, it was more of a hush-hush topic. Like, okay, we're in therapy. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, we're all like, oh, my therapist said this. I love my therapist. You yeah. know, it's like things like that. Um, and I did, yeah. you know, I did go to a therapist. And at that point, it was more just a chore. I never wanted to go. It mm-hmm. was something I just felt like was stupid. And I just kind of went through the motions but looking back on it, after being on a medication for depression and anxiety and going to a therapist, I think it really helped me kind of be able to cope with it throughout my life. But again, is that linked towards being adopted? I don't right. know. Yeah, that's the Would thing it happen that's a big question regardless? Mark. Exactly. Maybe. But at the same time, I think a lot of different traits that I have kind of stuck out to my boyfriend who I've been in a relationship with for like seven years. So he knows me extremely well, better than myself sometimes. (laughs) And he has brought up different things that he thinks are linked for me being adopted. And I just looked completely past that. So it kind of gave me a different eye when he brought things up to me regarding that. Well, that's the thing is like, you can't, you know, with any person, you can't always see that portion of yourself, of course. Right. Uh, And you know, for me, I mean, I had the same kind of thing. In high school, I saw a therapist for a very short amount of time. It felt very clinical to me. And I think, as I recall, the woman I saw, I think she was in some way linked to adoption. And I think that's probably why I got set up with her. I think at the time, though, and not to say that I'm so open to discussing it, in full depth right now, I want to be, and I think I'm more aware of it than as a teenager. I mean, let's be real. Oh, for sure. What kid, you know, can admit to that or kind of like even face that? Like they're dealing with enough. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of felt it like it was a chore. Now I kind of feel like my mental health should be a priority. I try to keep it a priority. But who can afford that? I know. Or who has a time? Yeah. Like, you only got so much PTO. Exactly. <laughs> There's that element. There's a lot of different elements of it. Like you said, I don't know if it's because I was adopted. 
I don't know if maybe depression or anxiety has run in my bloodline. I don't know. Like, yeah. recognize that I have abandonment issues. I think that was one of the traits or something that Adrian kind of brought up to me that I just quickly didn't, looked past. Didn't think about it as yeah. a definition to your issue. Right. Okay. Which makes sense. I realize that that kind of stuff attributes to my relationships. Like, there's always the question of not being enough. You know, and I question that in every type of relationship, like friends, a romantic relationship, family, even my job. It's always just kind of like, am I doing enough? Am I enough? Initial fear is that like if one bad thing happens, it's all going to be over. And I mean, you know this from work. Yeah. That happens even at work. (laughs) Like it's not just like with emotional, personal stuff. Because I mean, I get so emotionally invested with work. Mm -hmm. And it happens there too, but it's like this massive fear of there being kind of an abandonment. And I do have some bad habits with that. Like I feel like I subconsciously fear being abandoned. And I always tell my friends this, like, I I mean, I don't fear being on my own. I don't fear being single at all. Not at all. I think it is something that people really take for granted and will regret later on. And I really just want to like take that and run with it. And I think it's really important for people to realize that. And so for me, it's like the actual act of being on my own doesn't scare me. The act of abandonment scares me to no end. It's like that time period of when you're healing from that Mm -hmm. is horrible. Whereas once you get past that, I'm like, all right, I'm out of the woods. Like No big deal, yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Which is so weird because I always get through it. It's never like, you know, something that is, you know, something I can't get past because I, I do know, I, I have really learned how to enjoy being by myself. But, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird because it's kind of backwards in that sense. But as far as the mental and physical health. Obviously, physical health is, like, relatively evident for both of us to a certain extent. Mental health, who knows with general depression and anxiety where that came from. I do think, though, with the both of us, I mean, it's like, where else would abandonment issues come from? Right. You know, it's kind of that kind of thing. You guys have gotten to know us, you know, pretty well as far as our, you know, personalities and our relationship and our stories. Like I said, we'll go into this a lot more in detail, but to kind of top it off, uh, Erica, what is for you the weirdest part about being adopted or being an adoptee? This question is interesting because I've been asked it before and I really can't think of an exact answer of like, when I think weirdest, I think like, I don't know. makes you stick out or something. Yeah. And so I always got stumped on this question, but I think the weirdest part is that I am Colombian. And so Mm -hmm. when I tell people that, they immediately think I can speak Spanish. Yes. Oh my gosh. Immediately. Yes. And they'll either start speaking to me in Spanish and I just look at them like, okay, hola. Or they just realize right away like, oh, you definitely don't speak Spanish. You're not really Colombian. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be the weirdest part for me. I mean, I know the basics and I understand it if I read it or anything like that, but I can't write it at all. <laughs> I have to use Google Translate every time. 
so funny is that like you and I are the type of Colombians. First of all, we're pasty. We're just gonna be honest. We are I got pasty. a little color. We got a little color in the summertime, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good. <laughs> that's as good as it gets. But at the same time, we are like kind of like the olive tone, like olive skin, like Colombians with you know just brown hair where it's not super thick. I was studying abroad in Paris. This guy was asking where we are from, and he referred to me and was like, Shakira? <laughs> and I was like, no, but thank you. <laughs> it was like, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's like, like what you said, we're Colombian, we're proud of it, but it's like, I don't speak any Spanish. <laughs> like, I got, I got nothing as far as that goes. As far as the weirdest part... I vividly remember probably like 10 years ago, like it was a while ago, probably when I was like in college, just Googling some stuff about like, probably documentaries about adoption and all that. And it was a show on TLC, I think, about finding adoptive families. And someone mentioned that they realized they'd never been in a room with someone that shares their bloodline. Hmm. And... I never thought of that, I guess, before in that sense. And that stuck with me. Uh, you know, I definitely think about that sometimes. And I also think about the fact that, you know, you know, people don't talk to me about like the day I was born, you know, and they don't, sh- you know, share my, you know, hereditary anything. They don't share my bloodline, which now as a full grown adult, part of me is a little bit like hash brown blessed. <laughs> because the rest of my my adoptive family they can't hold their liquor. I can, like a <laughs> like a strong Colombian woman should. Yes. <laughs> you know we both got that going, so it's you know something that I'm just like okay, well this is how I'll be different. It'll be great. <laughs> What's like the best part for you about being a- adopted? I think the best part is. The family I have. I mean, truly, they are perfect for me. I'm just so grateful for them. They have really just stuck by me through everything. I've gotten just so close to them growing up. The older I get, the closer we get. And so I just Mm -hmm. know I couldn't have done it without my family, with everything. They are the greatest, truly. They were fully equipped to give me a full life in every sense. It's like, I would have nothing compared to what I have now if I had not been adopted to this family. 100%. And I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, cause like, and I, and you and I have very similar relationships with our parents. Now, the older we get, the closer we get with them. We both live within 15 minutes of our parents and we spend a good amount of time with them and make sure that that's part of our lives. And I think that's a really cool element that we both have because it's only like the older we get, the closer we get, which is, I, I don't really know where It's something that I didn't from. really expect. Same, same. I thought I would I be- was a crazy teenager and I feel so bad. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> but I think it just made our relationship grow stronger even at this point it's like we got past all those hard times and now it's like my mom is my best friend my dad we're so close you know Mm -hmm. it's just a really cool kind of full circle of how right how it is well and I think we have a very similar uh dynamic with our families like our 
or with our parents, I should say specifically, our moms were really close with our dads. We can have these fun, you know, times with and everything. And like, cause like you play volleyball with your dad, mm-hmm. you know, I go to shows with my dad and it's like, go and do those kinds of things together. And that would be to me, like the times that I have with my parents would be a huge factor if I thought about moving. Oh yeah. For sure. Like, even though I know they have the financial means to travel to me, it's still like, I don't know. I go to dinner at my parents probably every two weeks. At I least. couldn't do it without them. Sometimes it's just hard to be an adult and it's nice to have someone <laughs> yeah. who knows what they're doing. So, well, I guess that sums up our first episode. <laughs> so hopefully you guys got to know us a little bit better. Uh, we're just excited for you to be on this journey with us. For sure. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Colombian Influence. And that's C-O-L-O-M-B-I-A. Please spell it correctly. We are begging you. You will never find us otherwise. (laughs) And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, If you have any questions or want to share your story, send us a message uh, on Instagram or, you know, get in contact with each of us individually. On the next episode, we will dive right into the journey on how I met my birth mom We will talk about the moments leading up to us meeting and where we are at now. Until next time. Later. Bye.